What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. As training camps open up around the NFL, which players have the most to gain and have the most to lose? Who's going to be rising up the draft boards? Who's going to be falling a little bit? We'll give you some average draft position predictions and look at some training camp battles. Adam Azer, Jamie, hey Jamie, welcome. Hey, what's up? And Dave, look at Dave. In the cool podcast studio, Dave Richard, what's up? Chilling. I'm actually in the office. It's weird not being at home and not hearing like my phone ring or or my family yelling in the background. It's it's going to be awesome. I can finally like concentrate for the first time in a year and a half on everything you say, Adam. Oh, I can't wait. Let's get going. <laughs> Very sorry for that. Also, we are sorry to our listeners who enjoyed hearing Dave's dog in the background. It was always one of our favorite things. That's not what going was that, to be happening. Adam, what? what? <laughs> We're paying Sorry, attention. I, huh? Now I'm going to start paying attention to you. Happy birthday, wow. Dave! Oh yeah, thanks, Jamie. How was you're, it? Uh, Good. You're coming up soon. I just had my Jordan alternative number <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Very good. Uh, what was he in the Olympics? Nine. Yeah, not that alternate number. Yeah, forty-five for Dave. Okay, so um, be weird one, if I was nine. One good stat, one bad stat. I asked the listeners, "Hey, who do you want?" And I got two votes for DK Metcalf, so we'll do DK Metcalf. He got two votes before anyone else did. One good stat, one bad stat for DK Metcalf, who was the number five wide receiver in non-PPR, one, number six in full PPR. Here's your good stat. I, okay, honestly, it, it's basically just his season, but uh, he was <laughs> he's awesome. He was eighth in the NFL in yards per target. He was actually tied with A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore. And of the seven players who ranked ahead of them, only one of them had more than 92 targets, and that was Justin Jefferson. So it was a lot of, you know, you get 60 targets and you have a great yards per target, that's one thing. You get 130, that's another thing. So he was extremely efficient, and that was with some drops. If he cleans up some of the drops, he could be even more efficient. So that's the good stat for Metcalf. The bad stat, he did not lead his team in targets, and... Like I said, he finished sixth in non PPR in, in full PPR, fifth in non PPR. There has only been one wide receiver in the last ten years that had fewer than a hundred and thirty-four targets and finished top five in PPR. Metcalf had 129 targets last year. I think Tyreek Hill had 134. So there's only been one 
wide receiver in the last decade that has finished top five in PPR with fewer than 134 targets. So that means, because catches are so important, you're probably going to need a bigger target share or more pass attempts for the Seahawks this year. By the way, do you guys know who that one wide receiver was? Top five with fewer than 134 targets, PPR. It happened. Did AJ Brown make it? No, not per game, full season. Uh, it happened Mike in 20, 2019. No, close though. Same zip code. Godwin? Yes. And then this incredible season, 11 years ago, Jordy Nelson, 96 Godwin. targets. 15 touchdowns, yep. <laughs> 1,263 well, yards. He was wide receiver. Metcalf, though. He can, he can make it up in the touchdown department. Right. So he does seem like, because he's a big play guy and scores touchdowns, the kind of guy who can do it like a Tyree kill. But, yeah, I don't know, Jamie. I mean, obviously he's great, but that bad stat is something interesting that does he need to get a bigger target share in full PPR to be, you know, to be top five, top, top three, maybe in wide receiver one? I mean, I guess if that's your expectation, then yes, he needs that. But is he being drafted that way in redraft? I, I don't think so. You know, so, no. you know, if he's going to be a top seven, top 10 wide receiver, which I think is more along the lines with the expectation or based on his likely ADP, I, I think, you know, he can he can certainly finish in that range. But if those other things happen, if Shane Waldron opens up the passing game, if DK Metcalf finds the end zone more, if... He takes that third-year leap, which I think, as I said on Monday show, you know, he profiles as that type of guy. Again, not a statistical thing, but based on what he can do on the field entering the year where, you know, you take that next step as a player at that position, then I think he does have that type of upside. So um, I would probably, if I was going to say DK Metcalf can be wide receiver three or wide receiver one or five, you know, in, in that top five, I would probably bank on the touchdowns being the thing that carries him to that, uh, that level. But – if we do get what uh, you know you're you're hoping for, Russ cooking more diverse route tree, uh, you know not as predictable you know passing situations, pass pass uh, route runs, routes run, etc. Uh, then I think Metcalf can certainly be that type of guy. See the the good stat and the bad stat for me from last year has to do with his first eight games and his last eight games, and it's right in line with Russell Wilson. Russ was on fire for his first eight games, and then they started to throw less. And it really impacted DK Metcalf. It was strange, though, because his targets per game didn't even fall by one full target, almost one full target per game, but not one full target per game. And he still, uh, let's put it this way, first eight games, he had a touchdown and or 100-plus yards in seven of those first eight. Last eight games, he had one game with over 100 yards. He had two games with a touchdown. So he really needed to show a little bit more consistency. And I wonder if teams did something different to him and the Seahawks need a counterpunch for that. And maybe this new offense that Shane Waldron is going to develop will include that counterpunch. The stat that I found that that I thought really took away from DK first half of the year, 5.9 yards after catch per reception. Second half of the year it was almost cut in half, 3.3. So he needs to make more plays after the catch, needs to be used more in the red zone. There's no question about that. He does have potential to be a top five receiver. I think everybody in fantasy knows that. And that's why he'll be drafted as a number one wideout. So very interesting what you said about the yards after catch. I talked about that with Allen Robinson on the Monday show. He's not a standout there. But there's a big difference, Dave. You don't have to be a standout in yards after catch if you're a big play threat, which obviously DK Metcalf is. He has one of the highest ADOTs 
in the NFL for wide receivers or sure. for anyone. So, you know, if he's catching deep balls, then he doesn't really have to be great after the catch. Um, yeah, but by the way, guess do you want to guess what his ADP is since July 1st in uh, in NFC average draft position? Wide receiver what? Six. Uh, five. Yeah, it's six. I... <laughs> I yeah so to me I mean if you're taking him six then you should at least think that he has wide receiver one upside. This is half PPR I believe for the most if not all but for the most part. But he does. But does he? That's what I'm saying. I don't know that he has the catch potential. He's th- that's my concern. Well, I mean in half PPR he does. Yeah in half yeah but in full PPR I don't know that he does. Uh, I, again you know if we're looking at just the the raw numbers and and if the targets do go up to whatever extent. Um, so last year he had. Eight games with at least. Am I looking at it right? Uh, sorry, I just had it in front. Of me. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Ten games with at least eight targets, and he scored 18 PPR points or more in seven of those. So you know, if that's the floor based on the target share, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, that is one good stat, one bad stat for DK Metcalf. They are changing their offense this year, as we've mentioned. Maybe that means more catches. For Metcalf, uh, we are going to be live tonight, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, with a mock draft and giving away a spot in our next mock draft. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. And we're, uh, you're going to have the opportunity to draft against the experts, so hit that subscribe button on the channel. We'll see you on YouTube tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, YouTube.com. So the way that we did it last week today. for those people who are watching, uh, for every 100 likes, we allowed a fan to draft with us. So we, have two, we got 200 likes during last week's live stream, which was fantastic with uh, uh, Steffi Smalls joining us, uh, Tara Roberts, and Samantha Praviti. And um, and so two fans are drafting with us. For those of you watching, let me see if I get the name right. Oh, they're drafting with us on t- on Tuesday night. They're drafting with us tonight. So oh, they, nice. they they did it last week. And so it's Nate Williams and Pig Bird Jet Fan. And so <laughs> Pig Bird Jet Fan will be in the draft with us tonight. It makes right, me think cool. of Pig Vomit, Dave. I hope it's better than... Um, pig bird giant fan that's going to be hosting the show (laughs) (laughs) okay uh moving on to the news and notes all right so here we go aaron Rodgers. good news ian rapaport saying that aaron Rodgers is giving indications that he will play for the packers this season so we have some optimism cd lamb is going to line up all over the field according to his offensive coordinator kellen moore that's good that's good right we like that of course that's good yeah. Good versatility, yeah, so, and he's been working basically as the number one receiver with Amari Cooper on the shelf to start training camp. This this is going to be fun because Michael Gallup is probably going to stay in his spot. But so the report said that you know they they basically wanted to pigeonhole him in the slot last year, and so with no off season, obviously after Dak went down, the offensive line went down, you know things just really went downhill clearly for the Cowboys as we all remember. Um, but now they're letting him do you know everything, and so you can't you know game plan for that until we see it. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, and it puts Cooper back in the slot a little bit more too, so it opens up his route tree also. So uh, both these guys, as long as Cooper's going to be healthy, have the chance to be top 15, maybe top 10 caliber wide receivers. Uh, but if Cooper misses any time, my God, C.D. Lamb could be, you want to talk about a, a potential top five wide receiver, C.D. Lamb could be that guy. So take that, Heath, for disagreeing with me. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to address something real quick here for those of you watching on YouTube. I think I should be able to fix this problem for the audio audience. But uh, we, because Dave's in the podcast studio, the volume, I understand the volume's a little bit different. So working on it, going to try to fix it on the fly here. Apologies for that. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn my levels down. Jamie's going to turn his levels down. And we're going to hopefully get that sorted out. 
Uh, Sean McVay. things again, Adam. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but you look good. Sean McVay on Daryl Henderson said, it's never been about ability, an ability question with Henderson. It's about how do we keep him available? I can promise you you're not seeing Henderson in a, in a preseason game. Uh, but mm. basically, he talked to him. not uh, new for the Rams. What's that? That's not new for the Rams. They, they bench their guys a lot in the preseason. Yeah. They didn't even play their starters two preseasons ago. <laughs> or last year. <laughs> well, no one did last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess a vote of confidence, should we call that? He also he also said today that uh, kind of ruled out a veteran. You know, he's asked about specifically Todd Gurley, and he said they're not going to go the veteran route right now. So, Daryl Henderson's arrow continues to point up, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the job. Can he stay healthy? Uh, Xavier Jones is certainly somebody, I'll say it again, if you have, you know, the ability to pick up anybody in your dynasty leagues right now, go pick him up just to see what happens. He seems to be the second guy, at least going into the start of camp. So um, should be should be interesting to see how this backfield operates. Jamie, how many times in the next week or two are you going <laughs> to put rocket ship emojis on Twitter for like an uh, eight-yard well, it's, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it's funny. You know, it, it, it's funny the responses I get because um, people think that I'm saying his, his ADP should go up. I'm just saying that his ADP, that the ADP is going to go up. So I think I've done it three times now. Um, Lamb. Twice with C.D. Lamb. Uh. <laughs> and once with uh, the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase tweet from the Bengals today. So I like your response. Um, I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to respond to you when you said it. <laughs> because it was funny. Yeah, well, which was caught you off guard. Yeah, Jamie likes to use like office memes, and I always make fun of him because he doesn't watch. But the I only office. do that to you usually. And then he did the rocket ship emoji. And I said, I, "How could you use a rocket ship emoji when you've never even been to space?" Right. And yeah, so it was. And great. I replied to you with a water boy meme. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Marlon Mack fully recovered from his Achilles injury. Good stuff. But they've already said Jonathan Taylor is is the guy, and we're looking forward to that workload. All right, ADP predictions. I hope, I hope a year from now we're saying the same thing about Cam Akers. Yeah, I, that'd be great. For Jonathan Taylor's sake, we hope Marlon Mack doesn't get too many carries, but if he does and he looks good, it's going to make you feel a lot better about Cam Akers in 2022. Yeah, I got a feeling we'll see plenty of Marlon Mack this preseason. Preseason, yeah. Yeah, just to get an idea of how healthy he is and how ready he is, and if he looks good, that might impact Jonathan Taylor's workload on a game-to-game basis a little bit. Well, I'm not sweating it for now. Like, I'm still taking Jonathan Taylor with a top eight pick, if not like a top five pick. Like, I, I really like him. I think he's got a chance to come through for 2,000 total yards. But if there's somebody there on top of Naheem Hines that's going to take him off the field more than we think, then that would obviously be terrible. All right. Time for some ADP predictions. Do you have any that you would like to share? What? Uh, McCaffrey will be one. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Rocket ship emoji to that, baby. <laughs> what is Daryl Henderson's ADP in NFC over the last four days or five days? All right. Let's take a if look. If you could bring that up for me, I would appreciate because I cannot bring it up where I am sitting right now. Oh, are you sitting next to Daryl Henderson? Can't bring it I up. I am not sitting next to Daryl Henderson or he, anyone, but I just I cannot access All right. NFC's. Site. You want to guess? where I sit. Yeah, I, I think a guess would be in order. I'm going to put it at 46.6. No, 55. But what do you think about where he is among running backs? Which is where? Probably right around running back 22? 23. Yeah. Speaking of Jordan. 
<laughs> so that's it's, where I think he belongs, Jacob. And, and honestly, I like oh. that ADP better than my ADP guess. I I do not want to invest a super early pick in him. I get that he's got a chance to be the lead guy for the Rams, but I think he's going to share no matter what they do, whether they add somebody or not. Uh, didn't play a lot of third downs last year. That is that going to be something that opens up for him now? Well, Malcolm he's, Brown is gone, so. Well, that's the question. Is he going to be that guy? Or are they going to find somebody else to handle that role? They might. Yep. I, I think there's an opportunity for him to get that role because he was a great pass catching back in college. He can do that in the pros. Uh, we've seen it in spurts. I know he's had good efficiency with that. But I'm just I'm I'm a little bit nervous about him being able to to go through with the grind. I'm a little bit nervous about the coaching staff trusting him fully. So to me, there's a little bit of risk if you're taking him before the end of round four. But I know it sounds stupid because it might be 10 picks later. I'm fine with him in round five. I think that that's a much better spot for him where you mitigate that risk just a little bit. I think it's a great sign that they are handling him like the starter. You know, McVay saying he's not going to play. And, oh, yeah. you know, that that that's kind of showing you, I think, their hand a little bit that he's he is the guy right now. Now, again, they they may find somebody who's cut. Um, from a team, and they may say, okay, that's a guy that fits our system that we feel comfortable with. There may be, uh, you know, we could get a report of they're trying out Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson and um, Duke Johnson, you know, some of the guys who are out there, and and that could be something that, you know, changes things even before those guys are signed. But for right now, you have to approach it, and again, there are not many drafts happening right now, but you have to approach it as if Daryl Henderson has the chance to be a number two fantasy running back, and round four, round five is where those guys are going, the back end of that group. And not that I'm comfortable with this, Adam, but there are a lot of running backs in front of him in ADP that could easily see their stock plummet. Guys like Miles Gaskin or Mike Davis, you know, one or two back Actually, just behind any him. of the other 22 running backs in front of They're him. They're just behind him, though. I was trying to read you the names. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah Javante Williams, I know from our earlier. Javante show. Williams is a, is a spot ahead of Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, and then a pretty big gap. Then you go to the next round. Uh, those are the end. Those are round four picks. Jacobs and Etienne. Okay. Round five is Javante Williams, Daryl Henderson, Miles Gaskin, Kareem Hunt, and Mike Davis. Right, that's the group he should be in. Sure. You know, and and that's you know you're you're banking on okay Rams running back being good to great, or Falcons running back being good to great. Jaguars headache. You know, in that situation, who knows how that's going to play out. Uh, Broncos situation. Who knows how that's going to play out? You know, so um, I, I think he should be ahead of Javante Williams right now, but that could change if Melvin Gordon, you know, goes on vacation. Um, but in any event, you know, Henderson is in that, you know, anywhere from, I think, Josh Jacobs, you know, for me, I would put him in kind of closer to the David Montgomery, Miles Gaskin group. Um, but Jacobs, Gaskin, Montgomery, um, ETN, Davis, uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, depending on format. All, all those guys, I think he's in that conversation for sure. All of these things. I uh, I, I think if he's not going to play in the preseason and, and fantasy managers can't see him in the preseason and he's treated with kid gloves in training camp practice, where does his stock slide? The only way it would happen is if they acquired another running back that would make people not want to take him. So my prediction is that his ADP will go up from 55, and even though I don't like it, it'll be inside of round four. Okay. Jamie, you got got a prediction? I have plenty in the bank, so I'm happy to fire away. Do I have an ADP prediction? Yeah, like this guy will be a riser. This guy will be a faller. I'll give you one. I'll, I'll inspire you. Ready? Okay. Going bold here. So quarterback 
16, I think 15 is Matt Ryan. I'm going to refresh ADP to July 1st. I think 15 is Matt Ryan, 16 is Kirk Cousins. Once you get past like Burrow and Lawrence at 13 and 14, it's probably a little bit less exciting. Yeah, 15 is Ryan, 16 is Cousins. Cam Newton will be QB 15 in ADP when they name him the starter. And you got all those rushing yards and all these great reports. He looks so good. And this and that. Cam Newton is going to jump 17 spots. He's currently QB 32. He's going to jump to QB 15. Haven't they already named him the starter? Okay, they give him the... I don't know, have they? I mean, they, I didn't think that they didn't. I don't, I don't know if they necessarily need to. They, yeah, I don't think anybody's operating in New England as if he's not the okay, starter. They make it... They make us feel like he's got a steady grip on the job because I don't know. I don't think that we feel that way right now. Um, well, I think he's gonna have a steady grip on the job to begin the season. It's a matter of whether or not he has a steady grip on the job by the time we get to week nine and they're four and four or something like that. Okay, so listen, he's thirty-two we, in ADP. People obviously don't feel too safe. Oh, I don't think the fantasy that. community does. I, I'm, I'm just talking about the, the Patriots, but I, I think. It's interesting. Like we just finished our draft for our pick by pick series. And this is a half PPR draft where myself, Dave Heath and Chris Towers all take part where we all have three teams in this uh, 15 round draft. So Chris waited on taking a quarterback. He didn't draft his first quarterback until uh, the 13th round. And he took Cam Newton and Trevor Lawrence back to back. So he obviously values Cam higher than Trevor Lawrence. um, I'm assuming based on his projections. So, this is the type of quarterback situation. I would have probably reversed it, but this is the type of quarterback situation, which I think you can bank on trying to do. And again, knowing the people you're drafting with, for example, Kirk Cousins did not get drafted. So if you want just like, okay, I know there's a safe guy out there or Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, if you want to put him in that category or Roethlisberger, you know, any one of those guys that are going to be in that number, maybe Matt Ryan, I don't think got drafted in this, in this draft either. Um, so he took two high upside type of quarterbacks if they hit. And so if Cam struggles and stinks again, like Dave alluded to, and they go to Mac Jones, then he has Lawrence. If both those guys struggle, then he can go to the waiver wire and find somebody. But he waited it. He waited on it. You know, and so that's the type of thing I think that you, you know, approach with Cam Newton. So I don't know if Cam's ADP is going to rise, Adam. It's a, it's a good prediction um, because I think people understand that Mac Jones is looming. You know, this isn't Brian Hoyer looming. This isn't um, whatever the guy they had last year. I forget his name already. Um, Jared Siddham. Uh, right. Uh, you know, looming, you know, so this is a guy that they spent a first round pick on. And so this, I think everybody's kind of expecting that that is the the next thing to happen for them is if Cam has a bad situation, gets hurt, um, you know, like he missed time last year because of COVID. So if he has to go on the shelf for whatever reason and they turn to Mac Jones, Cam may never get the job back. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I'm just saying that the last time we saw Cam Newton, he had a terrible season as a passer, but he had as many legit excuses as you could have. He had a, a bad right. passing situation. He had COVID in the middle of the season. He was a late signing in free O-line agency. O-line wasn't perfect. Didn't have a real off season. The O-line wasn't as good as it is this year. So I could see really a lot of positive momentum. They've added Aguilar and Henry and Jonu Smith and and Bourne and whatnot. Like They've gotten better. There's no, those guys aren't headliners, but they're obviously better. So I could see a lot of positive momentum. I could see him being look. I was being having a little fun with fifteen, sure. but but I could definitely see Cam being a big so where, riser. Where is Cam in relation to Roethlisberger? Oh, way be a twenty fourth for Roethlisberger, thirty second for Cam. Yeah, that's that's another one that intrigues me is is Ben because you know it, it, this is one of those teams, and it's just such a funny situation that we do this every year in fantasy. We're all in on everything else around Ben. 
Najee's a potential first round pick. Yeah. The three receivers are all going to be drafted as top 30, let's just say. You Starters. know, maybe, maybe borderline top 24 for all three of them, depending on format. But nobody is taking the quarterback, you know, and it's like what Heath was saying almost about Dak Prescott on, on Monday show. Like Prescott should be number one if we're all in on the Cowboys the way that we are with with uh, the, the receivers there. But Ben is 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 one that I think could see his ADP rise um, more two quarterback super flex leagues. And uh, I'm curious. We have Bryant McFadden at Steelers camp. I'm talking to him tomorrow. Uh, I want to see what his take is because he's he's an honest former player and he played for the Steelers. But he's typically honest about the the team that he played for and he'll get some good insight because he knows those guys. So I'm curious what BMAC's going to say about what the team thinks about Roethlisberger. And we'll have that on, uh, on FFT on HQ next week. Adam, I want to take the, the, uh, ADP prediction that you made, but just replace the name. Just grab your pencil, erase Cam Newton's name. Hold on. Can I guess? And then scratch, you know who I'm going to say, I think you're going to say Trey Lance, Trey Lance is who I'm going to (laughs) say. Because I, I think it's a matter of time before he's the starter in San Francisco, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if if Kyle Shanahan looks around and says, look, we're not going anywhere with Garoppolo. We went to the Super Bowl early. with him. <laughs> they went to a Super Bowl with him, but they clearly don't love him. It's true. God, they went to the Super Bowl with Goff. And well, they don't love his dirt. And I think, that, that, offense, I think that offense could be much tougher to defend yeah. if it's Trey Lance. It really just comes down to how prepared he is and how comfortable they are with him under center because he doesn't have a lot of experience, he, you know, only played in like 30 games or less than that, I think, at the FCS level. And now here he is going into the NFL from that. So it's a big jump. It's going to be tough for him. But if he has anything that sounds like a good training camp, he'll be in there. And they play the Lions in week one. And he's I don't think he's starting week one, though, if Garoppolo's healthy. Rushing ability. If he looks good in training camp and in the preseason, I bet there's a chance that he has, like a realistic chance that he starts week one for the Niners. I mean, obviously it could happen. You know, we saw it with Seattle when they brought in Matt Flynn and drafted Russell Wilson, but that was, you know, more, I think, of a surprise. And, and Seattle didn't expect Flynn to be so bad and Russell Wilson to be so good. Uh, so certainly that could be the case. But, you know, everything you hear out of San Francisco is they're going to still stick with Garoppolo. And this move was a lot about his durability and not being available to them and not getting the upside. So the upside factor certainly factors in with you know what Trey Lance can do and 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 hopefully get the job but uh it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the I, I think the early part of the season you know we know we know the Bears are making this stupid decision to go with Andy Dalton week one over Justin Fields I think this is more you you know the 49ers know what they have in Jimmy Garoppolo as opposed to the Bears trying to see what maybe they have in Andy Dalton I, I wouldn't surprise me at least that the Bears went back on that with Dalton but it comes down to how Fields looks in training camp too like if these guys look ready why wouldn't they just play the kid? Get him in there. Get him in experience. They're, these teams aren't going anywhere with Garoppolo and with Andy Dalton. So I would disagree on Garoppolo because they've already been there. Yeah, they're not going anywhere now with Garoppolo. I don't know. I, don't I mean, you hear a lot of NFL people saying that the 49ers have one of the best rosters in football, and it's not because of necessarily Trey Lance. No, it's not because of Trey Lance, but it's because they've got they're well stocked pretty much everywhere else. Right, and and the team is telling you that Garoppolo is going to start, so it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Who do you guys think sees the field first, Fields or Garoppolo? Fields. Or Garoppolo? Garoppolo Sorry. will see the Fields field or Lance. Fields. Field. Lance. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, the other point I would make with ADP is that I wonder if there's a, an impenetrable top 14. The last five of those would be Stafford, Hertz, Tannehill, Burrow, and Lawrence. I guess I could see Lance jumping some of them because of the rushing ability. 
Mm-hmm. But it's 15 and beyond is super vulnerable. Matt Ryan, Cousins, Wentz. Lance is 18 right now. Mayfield. Where's Deshaun Watson? Uh, he is, since July 1st, he's 28th. Okay. Uh, that's another one that could make a jump if it's clear. Like, I, I still expect him to be put on some sort of a list and not start the season. Yeah. But he'll start to get some attention if he ends up on a different team and it's a good spot and he's practicing and all that stuff. Uh, let me give People you a few more ADP predictions. You tell me. Uh, there's you- some news, though, with uh, Rodgers. Uh, Schefter tweeting that they're going to give him a new deal, essentially, um, offering some concessions to bring him back for this year. But it sounds like it may be a one year, and then they're going to free him from his deal so he can leave a la Tom Brady, like his final year in, in New England. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I'll take last dance for 500. Dave? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it is, but that's kind of what Schefter's alluding to. He said the new agreement, once finalized, would help set up Aaron Rodgers' departure from Green Bay after the season. Just realized they never have odd number. Oh, do they have five hundred in the first round? They go 100, 200, 300, 400. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, uh, give me yeah, what, in the first round of Jeopardy. You're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yes, you knucklehead. They've got they have five hundred. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, which prediction's more realistic? David Montgomery will move into round two by the end of the preseason and or Mike Davis will move into the top 40 and I'll tell you where they are currently. Uh, sorry. Now I'm at quarterback. Okay. Mike Davis is at 60th. He'll move up 20 spots at least. And David Montgomery is 35th. He'll move up into the top 24, which is more realistic. So it's a shorter jump for Montgomery than it is for Davis. It is, but it's hard to crack the top 24. I'll take Montgomery. I would take Montgomery, Montgomery also because you already have three Cohen on the pop list. And if they cut Damian Williams and Cohen's injury situation lingers, then people are going to get more excited about him based on how he finished last year. I don't see a chance for a lot of bad press right now for Montgomery. Right? It's, it's yeah, been... He, if he gets hurt, that's about okay, it. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not limiting that. I'm not including that. I guess he would, could stink in the preseason or something, but he probably won't get enough carries for people to really care. So it's just going to be a lot of buzz on Montgomery. Um, all right, Kyle Pitts, ADP prediction. Kyle Pitts will be the second, oh, over, second overall pick in drafts behind Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Dynasty startups, maybe. Now, do you think his average draft position will go up or down, Kyle Pitts, It'll go up. Since, July, since July 1st is, I don't know, man, 50, no, 55th, 55th. It's going up. 125% it's going to go up. Yeah, I'll go the other way. I think it goes down when people actually realize that that's just too crazy. Well, okay, he's as I asked the question, in my head, I was thinking his ADP is probably in the 40s, so it's going to go down. But what I saw was 55th. I kind of feel like it's going to go up. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. It, he'll be closer to 50, if not like 49, 48, 47. People are going to get excited about him in this offense. He's going to get used a lot. He's going to get moved around a lot. There, all it will take, all it will take is one big play in the preseason for everybody to go hog wild for, for not everybody, but for at least three people in every league to go hog wild on Kyle Pitts. And they will spend that top 48 pick to get him thinking that they've got the next, um, Rob Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller and somebody of that ilk. I don't think I'm going to do that. But I think that we will see that in the fantasy community, that people will start reaching for Kyle Pitts. So, Jamie, you think 55 is too high for him? Yes. When when would you take him? 
Uh, somewhere in the 60s. What a bad Gators fan you are. I'll tell you. I've got him at 57. I think he's right. Like it, the safe place to take him, to take that chance on Pitts, is right in that spot that we're talking about. So maybe I'm a little more bullish than Jamie, but I guarantee you there will be people that we draft with who will be way more bullish, and neither of us will have the chance to get him. We'll be fine with that. There are more. There are plenty of tight ends in the sea, Adam. We don't have to <laughs> reach really. for Kyle Pitts. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'll say that I'm going to probably end up with about 10 or 11 teams. I better have Pitts on one of them, which means I'll have to reach, you know, because he's got to do it in a salary cap draft. I'm not invited to any salary cap drafts. Well, we'll change that. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So we let's, need, we need some fish in the, in our salary cap draft. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So last one for me. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin will be ADP fallers as Antonio Brown moves ahead of Tyler Boyd and into the top 35 at wide receiver. Yeah, practice, though. He'll practice. Come on, it's July 26th. He'll practice. So my prediction is Antonio Brown will be a riser. He's currently wide receiver 43, 100th overall. He'll go ahead of Tyler Boyd. He's going 84th overall at wide receiver 36. Um, I guess he'd have to go ahead of Devontae Smith also to be wide receiver 35. And Godwin is currently in round four. Evans is in round four. They'll be round late round four, round five picks. Anyway, I think there'll be... This is an Antonio Brown prediction. I think he'll be one of the bigger risers. He might. He's obviously a name people know. Uh, you know, Super Bowl teams always get a little bit more hype. Um... He's a Tom Brady receiver, so you know that's going to get a little bit more hype. How about so, former number one fantasy receivers get some hype? Yeah, I, I think we'll see. You know, you also have people that are just so turned off by him from what happened a couple of years ago that they just won't draft him at all. So I think he's probably priced accurately. At, uh, at wide receiver 43 or whatever it was? Yep. 43, right after LaVisca Chenault and Marquise Brown. Okay, guys, well, the floor is yours if you'd like to go, if, or we can talk about training camp battles. How about Jerry Judy as a possible ADP riser? As more and more fantasy managers forget about his rookie year and they just they lean on the talent and they see somebody who, you know, it's a crowded passing game for sure in Denver, but he's not the one coming back from a torn ACL and he's not the up and down tight end. He's just the mostly down rookie <laughs> wide receiver. I think I look, there's clearly bounce back potential. I think anybody that reads any bounce back list on any website will find Jerry Judy's name and people will be intrigued by Judy as a second year breakout candidate at wide receiver. So whatever his ADP is now, I bet it goes up a little bit. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way a little bit though, just because I think people were drafting him with the hope of an Aaron Rodgers trade. And so I think everything you said is right, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of where Judy's being drafted now is being baked into will Aaron Rodgers have gone. I, I know people have done it, you know, already in uh, in drafts that they were taking Broncos players with the chance of does Rodgers get traded there? Now maybe they, maybe they pivot now to does Watson get traded there? But you know the the quarterback concern has to be taken into account. Is it is it bad that I'm hoping that it's a Teddy Bridgewater joint in Denver now, and that Bridgewater is the one that's there and not Drew Locke for the majority? I think of they're going to open the season with Drew Locke, but everything's on the table, so. Wouldn't be surprising if they moved on to Bridgewater at some point. And, and the reports this offseason were Bridgewater and Judy had a great connection. So 
hopefully that continues. I got one more for you, Adam. One I more wanted, ADP prediction. I did want to tell you one thing about Judy. I What's think that? he might be capped on moving up two spots at wide receiver because three spots ahead of him is Cortland Sutton. It well, might, maybe that's a switch. Maybe. Maybe there's something with Sutton where he's slow to be ready or oh, something yeah, like that. That could happen. All right, what's your and second And you know one? what? If he's going to be the outside receiver and Judy lines up everywhere, maybe Judy becomes like that short and mid-range target and Bridgewater likes throwing short and mid-range passes. What else you got? Well, this will be a good transition into the training camp battles, but I'd like to know what James Robinson's ADP is right now. No, please tell me it went down. It's about 62, I think. Okay, that's... You, you know, more. I, I wonder if it's it, if it stays the same, which I think it's a little too rich to go early round six on James Robinson, based on uh, based on what we think is going to happen there. But that's a camp battle that I'm not sure isn't going to go his way, where ETN is just more of that you know X factor type player, and Robinson you know reprises his role as the lead back in Jacksonville. And if that happens, if it becomes clear that that's what's going to happen, at least to start the season, that ADP will go up. He'll be a round four pick. Mm, I don't know about round four because people. No uh, chance. That seems. I rich. think if, if it's clear that he's going to be the feature back in Jacksonville, he will be. It's not going to be clear. Higher unless, unless ETN's hurt. He, but it's never going to be clear that he's going to have a third down role. So he's going to be only his ceiling is he capped as like a running downs guy. Well, what's ETN's role going to be? Is it going to be strictly third down role and like gadget player type? If it is, then good luck, Jacksonville. What a stupid draft. Yeah, it, it was a terrible pick if that's what happens. Well, at least for this year, it's a bad pick. But that is something that's kind of on the table based on what Urban Meyer said after the draft. Is he going to be their version of Percy Harvin or Curtis Samuel or you know throw in any player that Urban Meyer has coached previously that's been you know, lined up all over the field, but doesn't necessarily get 15 touches per game. And Robinson could be in line for 15 touches per game. And maybe he still plays on third down along with ETN. And maybe he gets a couple more catches. Um, no, maybe not a couple, maybe one more catch per game than what we're projecting right now, which isn't very much. But I think fantasy managers, when they get to round four and when that dead zone starts to hit, they're going to race to take anybody that they think can get to 15 plus touches per week. And if Robinson's going to be that guy, then I absolutely see a way where people gravitate toward him before the running backs are gone. He is the definition of the dead zone running back. But why? You know, that, that's a funny thing. I'm not sure about that. Well, first, you know, look, Josh Jacobs going in the fourth round. So the role you're carving out for, for uh, Robinson in this hypothetical scenario doesn't sound too different than Jacobs, perhaps. But uh, why is he running back dead zone? I mean, usually running back dead zone is older uh not good necessarily we don't know how good they are maybe we still don't know how good James Robinson was but he's played one year in the league and he was a top 8 fantasy running back top 10 he was 10. a star but now he's got competition he had no competition last year yeah i know um how many how many but catches but is it the type of competition that we're used to seeing in in running back rooms in running back groups is it even the same as what Josh Jacobs is going to have with Kenyon Drake or is we're, it going we're to be going off of Urban Meyer saying that Travis Etienne is not going to necessarily play running back, right? That's the interpretation I think people are taking from that. If he doesn't play running back, then James Robinson still has a very significant role. But it would be so stupid not to play Travis Etienne at running back. I don't disagree based on with what that. his college pedigree and college performance was. 
on top of the fact that you know they're going to work in Carlos Hyde to whatever stupid impact he's going to have too. So it's two guys that are going to take James Robinson off the field to whatever extent. And he's a guy that if you're taking in round five, you're wasting a pick. And that's what his ADP is right now. Or 62, you said, Adam? 63. So just after round five. So round six. I would like him around later than that. Obviously, everybody would. Still but going ahead. If I can get him for the end of round six, start of round seven, I'm feeling good. He's still going ahead of Chase Edmonds. Would you do that? Edmonds or Robinson? Edmonds. Robinson. Okay. That's easy. Yes, yeah. it is. How many catches do you think ETN gets? 47. Yeah, 17 games, I go higher. Okay. If he can get... oh, There's only been one running back in the last five years that's had 60 or more catches and 100 or more carries and not finished top 12 in PPR. That was Le'Veon Bell two years ago, one of the worst running back seasons I've ever seen. Um, So you said 47 catches. Jamie go a little bit higher. It doesn't seem like you guys think he's going to be a 60-catch guy. For That's for 16-game season. For 17-game season, that'd be 64 catches. If he does have that significant of a role and he's not just like a third-down guy getting, you know, 50, 60 carries, then he's going to be gold, ETN. But um, it's very, it is unclear what his role is. I'm hoping that he can be in the 60-plus catch range. That would be wonderful. Uh, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, let's get into the training camp battles. A lot of running back battles, a couple of quarterback battles to keep an eye on, and the Bucks running backs. Which one's being drafted first? Find out after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Hey, which one's being drafted first, Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette? What do you think? Fournette. I'll uh, I'll say Jones is being drafted first. All right. Yeah, it's Jones. Two running back spots ahead of Leonard Fournette. Running back 33, running back 35, both of them in round eight. And who are you guys taking first, Jones or Fournette? I'm taking Fournette. Fournette. I do like the report. Every time I take him, no matter what. It's it's such a crowded backfield. Right. Every time I take Fournette, and I, I, I just did it in this pick-by-pick series that Jamie mentioned earlier, I feel gross, and it almost doesn't matter what round it's in. I just feel like, ah, oh, is this a like a, a total waste of a pick? You know, like, total dart throw on Leonard Fournette, which is why you really shouldn't take him. I, I think my sentence is over. <laughs> so, do you see a scenario other than injury where either of these two guys really rise in ADP? Rise, no. No. I, yeah. I think these are guys you settle for. These are guys that, you know, you, in some cases you avoid. Um, I, as long as they're healthy with Giovanni Bernard there, there's just such a log jam for touches. 
So, you know, one week it could be Jones as the best one. One week it could be Gio as the best one. One week it could be Fournette as the best one. Fournette is the one, though, that profiles to do everything, whereas Jones seems more like a rusher and Gio more like a pass catcher. All right, we talked about the Jaguars. Right now, the ADP's Travis Etienne is RB21. He's going 48th overall, end of round four. James Robinson, RB27, round six. So we'll skip ahead to the 49ers. After I tell you about a new podcast called Attacking Third, it's your audio home for the most comprehensive U.S. women's national team soccer coverage. Hosts Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman will provide previews and immediate recaps bright and early as soon as the U.S. women's national team matches wrap up in the morning. So download and follow Attacking Third wherever you listen to this podcast. By the way, great Olympic times. You up in the, in the morning, you get live stuff. That's at Fun. night there. At night here, you get live stuff that's in the morning there. Swimming's been... How fun has the swimming been? You guys been watching the swimming? That Australian coach was amazing. Oh, it was so cool. I mean, it wasn't cool that they won, but his reaction was great. Anyway, USA. Okay, who's going first, guys? Sermon or Mostert? What do you think? I'll say, I'll say Mostert's going first. Sermon by two spots. RB29, Mostert RB31. They're in round I seven. Uh, yeah. Do you see a scenario where either of these guys rocket ship emoji? Oh, yeah. Uh, injury, but that's, I yeah. think, the only thing. Mostert limps off during practice. No, no more injury. That's so. The, the, that's, I mean, that's that you said. Can you see any scenario? Okay, obviously. What other scenario could there possibly be? That that's the answer. Uh, that the answer is if it's only injury, then the answer is no. Okay, I'm just gonna make the rules. Injury is not a scenario here. Is there? Okay, I'll say uh, fine. No injury. Trey Sermon looks good every day in practice and breaks off a couple of nice runs in the preseason. Rocket ship emoji. He'll go ahead of Raheem Mostert. People will get excited about him. He'll be a uh, at least a top 70 pick, if not a top 60 pick, if people start to get really excited about Trey Sermon. Okay, thank you, Dave. There. No situation there barring injury. Okay. Broncos running backs. Who's going first? Javante Williams is going first. Ten yeah. running back spots ahead of Melvin Gordon. Two rounds ahead of Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams is RB22. He is currently around five picks since July 1st. Melvin Gordon is RB32. He's around seven pick. And last year, Gordon and Lindsey combined for almost 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns on 333 carries. That doesn't include a little bit extra from Royce Freeman, just those top two. They ran the ball a lot. Uh, So who's... I, I think... I mean, I'm surprised that Javante Williams has gone up to RB22. Do you think it's more likely to go up or down from here? Down. That's too high. And I like Javante Williams a lot. I, I think, you know, he's, again, without an injury situation, you're, you're banking on him being the lead guy in Denver by a lot to take him in that spot. You know, so uh, he, he should hopefully get the job. He should prove that he's better than Melvin Gordon. The Broncos drafting him will hopefully, you know, be an indication that they want him to be the lead guy if he proves that he can handle the job. But, Melvin Gordon's been a good running back. You know, it's not like there, there should be that much difference between the two. Um, you know, Gordon, uh, there was a, a report a reporter from Denver suggesting that it's his job and you're wasting a pick taking Javante Williams ahead of him. Uh, so we'll see. But, you know, I, I think Javante Williams has the upside. He's, he's, the, he's the ceiling play. But, you know, if you tell me that I can get Melvin Gordon, was it three rounds later? I'd two. rather do that. Yeah, two, right you got to be patient, two. too. 
Like if you're going to spend that type of a pick, honestly, if you spend any pick on Javante Williams, you can't be mad after the first four weeks of the season. If Melvin Gordon is hogging goal line work and playing and passing downs and, you know, getting good, good numbers to begin the year, you can't be upset about that. You just have to wait until he messes up for Javante Williams to get in there and uh, kind of take over as that one a back. But I, I think that's the ceiling for Javante Williams, no matter what is he'll be the one a and someone else will be the one B, whether it's Gordon because Williams outplays him or Mike Boone because Gordon stinks or Gordon um, gets injured. Sorry, Adam, got to bring it up. That's a possibility. Uh, I, do, I, I like that Melvin Gordon has good year to date numbers, but it's been inconsistent. He only had six games out of 15 last year with 15 plus in PPR. And over the last two seasons, 11 out of 29 games. Well, last year it took, it took Lindsay getting hurt for him to have good games. It did. And he's 28 years old. And I, I don't know what I'm worried about the most is that Gordon stays involved just enough for the majority of the season to limit the, the snaps played and the touches that Javante Williams gets. And they also brought in Mike Boone. They might go with three running backs at certain points during the year. So I, I agree. I think it's way too early to take Javante Williams. I love the talent. He's, you're going to have to get lucky and have him fall to you on draft day. So would you rather, if you look at the Niners and the Broncos, how would you rank those four running backs? Williams, Mostert, Gordon, Sermon. I believe I have it as Mostert, Williams, Sermon, Gordon. Okay. I really just don't want to draft Melvin Gordon. Okay, how, so this, I could see rocket ship emojis here for the Jets running back situation for Michael Carter. Oh, yeah. Who is RB thirty right now? Around seven pick. Tevin Coleman RB fifty seven, and uh, another report today. Another just writer speculation that Michael Carter is going to be the one A. But yeah, can you make a case that Michael Carter should go ahead of Javante Williams? A, a good case. Yeah, I mean, there's really a clear path to playing time there. Look at the guys he's competing Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Yeah, he's got weaker competition, and I think that offensive line is going to be better than people think. I, I like that offensive line. I think Zach Wilson might be a little bit better than we're going to give him credit for. So that might end up being a competitive team. And he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield on top of being, you know, speedy little guy that can make a quick cut and go. So it, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if we had a bunch of games where he's getting 14 touches. I, I don't know if I'm, I'll say it, what the hell, 15 touches per game. And, uh, and that line works for him and the jets are competitive and, I, I think he's got a chance to be better than Javante Williams this year. So I'm drafting him ahead of Javante Williams already. I just prefer to do it in like late round six. Yeah, I'd rather have Javante because I think there's a higher ceiling, but Carter is is not far behind. I, I think Carter helps you sooner. That could be. Do you think that it's reasonable to think about Michael Carter eventually? Not now. We need to see what happens, but moving ahead of Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis. No. Yeah, it's not, un- not unless everybody's gone from the Jets. Like they, they, they trade the, Coleman, they cut Coleman. Um, they say he's Michael the starter. Pirine. They say he has won the job. He's the starter. I think they're basically telling that with what the reporters are saying because what their people have been seeing, you know, in, in their workouts. Um, but this is still a coaching staff that's going to want to rotate guys. So I, I just don't see that happening. There might be a little too much hype after if that happens where he'll go into round five. This, this, this team is going to be better, but it's still going to be a bad team. Oh, they're not going to the playoffs. They're going to be competitive, though. They'll be way more competitive than they were last year. 
Bills running I mean, backs. Zach Moss, round nine. Devin Singletary, round 11. They combined, the two of them combined for six rushing touchdowns last year, plus Antonio Williams had two. And then uh, in 2019, Buffalo running backs had four rushing touchdowns. So we know Josh Allen is a bit of a thief there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Zach Moss seems to have the edge. And he's being drafted that way. But should Zach Moss be drafted ahead of, let's say, the Bucks guys? Do you think Zach Moss should be taken ahead of them? I don't have it ranked that way right now, but I probably feel like I should because I, I would rather wait out Zach Moss than draft one of Jones or Fournette. Who's got the clearest path to really being a number one running back in the situations we've talked about here? We've talked about Jacksonville. We've talked about... A number one fantasy running back? No, no, number one on number their one team. Number one for their team? Yeah, Jacksonville, 49ers, Broncos, Jets, Bills. I mean, do you want to handicap each team and, and or Bucks. you just want... No, no, I mean, no, I don't want to... Ha- no. Barring okay, injury... Okay, so just overall. Yeah, barring injury, who's got the best chance to really be a, f- a feature back? Robinson and Carter. Um, I'd probably go ETN and Mostert. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, you don't. Do you think ETN has that chance, or do you think there's no way he? If they use him the way that they should use him, if they use him the way that first round rookie running backs get used, then of course. So isn't that a better case for him than for Robinson? You can make the case for it. I just think that they, they, they can't just completely forget about James Robinson. I mean, they can. It's a new regime, and he has no no bearing on what. But the, he's but the guys he was said. an effective player last year, and doesn't they matter. Could, they could put they're him on the bench and let they, They're overhauling their team. If if they go with ETN as a feature back, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'd love to see it. I just don't know if there's any talk about that being the case at this point. Yeah, but still, they I mean they bring in two guys that you know have a, one guy has a history with the coach, and one guy is a first round pick. You know, versus right. a guy that was an undrafted free agent. It logically it makes all the sense in the world, but they're talking like ETN's gonna be like well, I mean they said it once, you know, so I don't think they're continuing. Okay, so maybe we'll we'll learn about it. And if we see that he's taking, you know, first team snaps and all that stuff, then it's elementary at that point. It's tough they to pull the trigger. They should do it. They should make ETN the guy. It's tough but to pull I think the trigger. There's also a way that Robinson can get there. Yeah, I know. I mean to, to to invest around four pick in ETN when you just have no idea what his role is, it's a leap of faith. When are you guys comfortable? But all these him? rookie running back picks are. Except and that's the most expensive Najee. one of them all. No, well, Harris, Najee, yeah. Right, that is the most expensive one. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah, when would you take Travis Etienne? When are you comfortable with it? Round four in PPR, five or six and none. Sounds about right. Okay. So that, I'd go a little later in PPR. We talked about the 49ers a quarterback battle. Let's talk about the Saints quarterbacks here. Now with Michael Thomas out at least a month of the season. <sighs> Any interest in the starter? No. If Taysom's the starter and they say he's the starter, then yes. Uh, but nothing more than number two quarterback. Right. Fine. Mm-hmm. But in a Jameis, I think, is league, I'm not drafting either guy. The problem with Jameis is that, and, and I'll say what I've been saying all offseason, is that Taysom's going to play. So you, you have to worry about how many times he's going to come off the field and if he struggles. With Taysom winning the job, there's not a Jameis package that they're going to throw out there. You just have to you know, anticipate Jameis thinking. I'm sorry, Taysom's thinking and teams figuring him out. But anytime you have the rushing floor that Taysom Hill will bring, 
that makes him very intriguing as a fantasy quarterback. He was going to finish as a number one fantasy quarterback had he played all 16 games last season if he was a starter from week one on. I wonder if they're going to be good this year. They still have a very good defense. They have a very good offensive line. They have one of the best running backs in the game. They have one of the best coaches in the game. So uh, I'd be surprised if they sucked. They probably have, as of right now, the worst one of the worst passing games. Do we have any uh, idea what's happened? But, to- you know, this this is going to come down to Drew Brees' mind versus the the physical skills of maybe what Jameis brings. Because Drew Brees was deteriorating. He was winning games with his ability to know the game. I think he was underrated. I think pe- people really were too hard on him last year. Well, he just couldn't do the same physically that he could. I mean, it just goes without right. saying, watching him play. Yeah. Adam, do you know, do you have any idea what the ADP has turned into for Michael Thomas since the news came out? So that, that would it be like the last three days? Three days. Yeah, three or four days. Three days. All right, let's go over the 24th to the 26th. Okay. And I don't know how many drafts that is. Michael Thomas, 22nd overall. That can't be. I know. Behind Adam Thielen before Tyler Lockett, Jamar Chase. No. That would really surprise me. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to draft Michael Thomas in any leagues this year. You never got a word in on that. Uh, when when would you take him? Uh, look, I I think if if the fantasy guy just dropped him on my roster, I'd be happy. If he was a late round pick on my team, I'd be happy. But there are no guarantees with when he'll play, how effective he'll be when he does come back, how quickly it'll take him to get to hundred percent. And we already know that the quarterback is going to be mostly a downgrade. So I'm I'm thinking I'm comfortable taking him in round 11, which means I'm just not going to get Michael Thomas on my team. It's a different story, though, if it's a PPR league with deeper benches. Like, the deeper the bench and the more that catches count for, the more interested I am in stashing Michael Thomas, in which case I'd bump him maybe two rounds. And then I think I've got at least a fighting chance of getting him. So in our pick-by-pick, pick, Chris took him in round eight. And he took him ahead of Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Antonio Brown. That's the range he's going to go. Yeah. Who took him? Like Chris? It. I'm not going to take him. Huh? <laughs> Who took him? Chris. Chris, yeah. Chris took him in round eight. Chris. Chris will take him out for the year. Chris would have taken him round 12 or something. But yeah. Okay. By the way, I like this. Jamar Chase, since since uh, yesterday, Jamar Chase, I guess since Sunday, Jamar Chase is wide receiver 22, three. And T. Higgins is wide receiver 24. Back-to-back Bengals. Okay. Are you great. predicting? Well, T. Higgins going that high. Yeah, me too. Let's that see what Boyd it is. is the one that I like the best. I don't even know what his ADP is, but if those two are going in, in that. What do you say, 35, high? Adam? 36. 36. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so since July 1st, Jamar Chase is wide receiver 24. T. Higgins is wide receiver 25. And, yeah, Boyd's wide receiver 36. And that's half PPR, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So PPR is a little bit better. Half and non, he's a little in that range. Goodbye, guys. Great show. Hooray. We did it. See everybody tonight on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, 7 p.m. Eastern. Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, I'm Adam Azer. We will talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.